Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bon, and this is a podcast about video game news, speculation, reviews, and whatever else I feel like talking about. This week, we'll be chatting about layoffs, breaking across the industry, Suicide Squad games as a service concerns, Starfield release date rumors, Mass Effect Next speculation, and much more. A few things before we get started. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, and if you're on Spotify or iTunes, please review the show. On YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment with your thoughts, or just say hello. A huge thanks to supporter-level patrons PK, The Dawn, and Caged Nephilim, and a special thanks to producer-level patron Hassan. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and getting ad-free episodes, please check out patreon.com slash bonddiesel. I have one, five, and ten dollar tiers. Those all get you the ad-free episodes and some other cool perks. So check them out. Gaming news. Let's get into it. So industry layoffs. Um, so this isn't a, just a game thing. Um Basically, it seems like a bunch of really big corporations are like a little worried that something may get bad eventually, maybe sorta. And so because they can lay off 10 plus thousand people, they are, even though they're having record profits. Um, so I, I, I understand that, you know, when they look at it, you know, big corporations rarely do stuff that they have to do. They, they often do things that they can get away with. Um, this is something I've been hearing Jeff Grubb talk a lot about. It's also been my experience as well. Um, so they don't have to do this. Like they, they would be fine. Their, their profits may just be a little bit worse if they didn't hire, fire all these people. Right. But what they're probably doing is one using the cover of a bunch of other companies doing it to soften the blow a little bit for themselves, but also they, they might be a little worried that something may be coming or they may be laying people off um, from divisions and stuff that are underperforming. Maybe they tried to go into crypto or NFTs or the metaverse and they're just ditching that stuff. I don't know. But when it comes to games, uh, we had um, quite a few layoffs um, from Microsoft. It was 10,000. And we now know that a pretty big chunk, not a big chunk of it, but a significant number of those were from 343, um, who's the lead dev on Halo, um, kind of the embattled Halo, as many have called it recently. Um, but they also laid people off of the Coalition and Bethesda. Um, those two are really surprising. Um, I don't think 343 is that surprising um, that that Halo had a pretty good launch and has just underperformed ever since. There's been lots of complaints from the devs and stuff that the engine they used is just not very good for doing what they're trying to do. Um, and the game has just kind of taken the beating. So it's not that surprising to find out or to hear rumors that they have canceled the um, single player DLC they were working on. It's it's not that surprising to hear rumors that they may they may basically be stopping support other than some multiplayer stuff. Um, it is surprising for me for the coalition and Bethesda to take a hit. Now, Bethesda, it could be a part of them being on the back end of 
um, Starfield and you start to have like if you lay off like narrative people writers um, you know maybe some environmental artists and stuff if that stuff is mostly done that's not that surprising um, and then the coalition you know obviously we assume they're working on the next Gears game we also are under the impression they're working on a smaller project and they're also kind of like the Unreal Wizards um, at Xbox um, and because the coalition is in very tight cahoots with um, uh, Unreal Engine with Epic, um, and and they do a lot of co-development on Unreal Engine, um, and typically are kind of at the leading edge of using that um, that engine. So, um, yeah, this is kind of weird. Um, it, it, it comes in a weird timing because next week we're going to hear from Bethesda, and we're going to hear from some other teams about um, their game. So we're going to hear from, I believe it's uh, the Forza Motorsport. We're going to hear from. Um, let's see, it was going to be Forza, it was going to be, of course I'm going to forget now, um, uh, Redfall is a big one, the one coming from Bethesda, uh, I think Elder Scrolls Online, which is just like an expansion, it's not like a huge deal, um, and so it's weird timing, right? And it's a bummer. The 343 thing is the weirdest, because I've seen commentary all week about like, Halo is supposed to be um xbox's biggest franchise and um and 343 is supposed to be a premier studio well like it obviously isn't um you know i liked infinite um and it was really good but i wouldn't say it like broke new ground right and so it seems like they're like an okay studio and their efforts with four and five kind of reinforce that opinion right and i would even argue and this may be controversial that i don't think halo has been like the headline franchise for Xbox since three. Um, I, I really think that in, in, in the, in the years after that, I feel like gears kind of took some of that mantle and I would argue, and this may be super controversial. I would argue that Forza is Xbox's current, like leading triple a game. Um, like when you think of Xbox, you probably think of Forza, or you think of Gears, I mean, obviously you think of Master Chief and Halo, but you probably aren't thinking of, of, of Master Chief or Halo 4, 5, and Infinite. You're thinking of Master Chief and Halo 1, 2, and 3, as well as some of the other spinoffs. So I just, um, I don't know, it sucks, man. I, I, I really hope good comes of this in the long run. I hope these devs get out of these, especially 343, kind of tough situations and they can go find a new job at a new studio maybe found some of their own studios if you look at all these double a uh, and even like independent triple a studios who are popping up right now they're just chock full of people who were triple a devs with activision or xbox or playstation left and then decided to try to do it on their own um to mixed results but some successes right so i hope in the long run this works out um you know these devs are in high demand right now if you look at almost any especially triple a job board um you know most of the big studios are hiring so these people should be able to find jobs but it still sucks so and uh, the dev side wasn't the only side that saw it um the media side did too 
um, fandom laid um, a decent number of people off from Giant Bomb and GameSpot. Um, I guess Vox Media and a bunch of other media outlets laid people off as well. I'm most familiar with Giant Bomb. Um, I'm a big Jeff Grubb fan. And um, and they, they let go um, someone known as uh, a Voidburger. Um, Jess is her name. And she, to me, was like one of the best people on Giant Palm. Um, and so, and I believe she was an editor as well. So to get rid of her was a real choice. Um, I mean, she was on screen talent. And I always felt like she did a really good job of, of not just being the woman on the screen, but of just being a, a gamer on the screen who had like different opinions than the kind of regular people that you have on a gaming show, right? And so, yeah, I was real bummed to see that. I made sure to go to her stream and drop her a few bucks and kind of throw some words of encouragement because, um, yeah, this stuff sucks. The media side of it is interesting, though, because we keep seeing this at least once or twice a year where one of these companies, like, you know, Game Informer, Fanbyte, um, you know, we've seen this happen over and over again. And I saw one of the people who were laid off recently say, like, straight up, like, there's no career in game journalism. You'll you'll find a job. You'll be there for a year, maybe two, and then they're going to lay you off. And then you're looking for the next gig. Um, and it, it, it kind of seems that way, right? Like, <clears throat> I would never discourage someone from trying to continue this dream or whatever. But, like, the media side of it, like... Those 343 devs, if they're environmental artists, if they're producers, stuff like that, they're going to get snagged up immediately. These media folks are either going to try to do their own thing, whether they stream, have a Patreon, whatever, or they're just going to join with another group that is owned by a company just like Fandom or just like, you know, some venture capitalist, you know, conglomerate that doesn't care about games. They just like the idea of a gaming media outlet that makes pretty, that makes decent profit. And then they'll try to fool around with it. They'll fail, they'll fire people, and they'll either make it a ghost of what it used to be or shut it down. And we're, you know, we're seeing that with, um, with a lot of companies right now. I, um, I would argue that something like Rooster Teeth is kind of in that position where there was a, there was a time years ago where I watched Rooster Teeth and I was like, wow, this is great. And through controversy and layoffs and people just leaving because of bad culture, uh, I haven't watched it in years, in a couple of years now, because it's not what it used to be. And so. Um, it's really a bummer to see this. I think something like uh, giant bomb is fine. Um, you know, all but one of the people who they kind of restarted that brand with are still there. The problem is, is that they put out quite a bit of content for having a relatively small crew. And now most of that, you know, the, the beef of that crew, the editors and stuff like that is gone. And so they can make the content, but either the editing is going to suffer or they just won't be posting everything they make. I don't know. It's interesting. It's a bummer. You never, you're never happy to see people lose their jobs. You hope that they all find new employment or new opportunities very, very soon. Um, and you just kind of selfishly hope you aren't the next one up. My industry is pretty stable, so I think I'm fine, but you never know. You, you really never know. 
Uh, speaking of something we don't know much about, Suicide Squad. Uh, so this is uh, Kill the, the the Hero League or whatever. Um, it's a Rocksteady game coming. Um, Kill the Justice League, that's it. It seems the Justice League, Superman and uh, Flash and so on, have become corrupted in some capacity. And the Suicide Squad is going in to, to take care of the situation. Um, so a screenshot got leaked from a playtest or something this week that basically hinted to a battle pass. This set a bunch of people off into a big tirade about this game being a games as a service, which immediately led to comparisons to the Square, I think it's Square Enix Avengers game, which was really, really bad and actually announced is going to end support in September of this year. Um, I don't. I don't love the takes I've seen on this. So that Suicide Squad games, to be totally fair, we have not seen gameplay yet. I think we've seen gameplay, but not actual playing, right? Um, it's been mostly CGI trailers and stuff like that. So maybe this game is going to suck. Maybe it's going to be horrible. But the equation of games as a service equals bad I get that like a lot of games have tried it and failed, um, but you have games like Destiny and the MMOs, and I would argue even like the Division and stuff. Well, like obviously the Division never reached Destiny levels of success or quality of content. It, I would be willing to bet that Ubisoft looks at the Division 2 and 1 as a success, as a games as a service for whatever that means to each company, right? And so I, I, with the Suicide Squad, am just worried that we haven't really seen like actual gritty gameplay. And other people are worried about the games as a service. Like, who, who cares? Like, games as a service isn't why Avengers was bad. Avengers was bad because it was a bad game. Like, they just didn't design it well. Like, it wasn't fun to play. And while that was probably partially due to the issues with, you know, something like um, the games as a service, trying to pump out content, that that wasn't an issue that just cropped up after the game released. Like, that, like they would have been working on new content before the game came out. And it seems like, I've talked about it before, in pre-production, games have to have a really solid scaffold. That's what pre-production is. You're building the scaffold. You're building the outline of what your game is going to be and what you want to do and what needs to be done for it. And then when you start full production, you you fill up that scaffold with devs and they do all the stuff they're supposed to do. And if you did a good scaffold, their job will be easy. Your game will come out and do well. And then it'll be easy to build onto that with DLC or games as a service content. But it seems like most of these games don't start with a good scaffold and it just slowly crumbles as they try to add more and more, even as they try to finish the game. Avengers seemed that way. Maybe Suicide Squad is that way too, but we don't know. So all the people playing, you know, Crying Wolf and stuff about that have kind of annoyed me because it's like, you don't know if it's going to be good or not. Like, give it a chance. Um, the, the, but the, the simple thing of, uh, I saw like on the kind of funny subreddit and a few other places of people like immediately equating like games as a service equals bad game. And like, that's just simply not true. So I am going to wait and see. Um, I mean, it might be terrible. Like, right. Like, let's be honest. It, there typically is a reason they don't show a ton of gameplay. Right. But we'll have to wait and see. The tone of the trailers has been great. So uh, I, I think that people are being a little bit much about that, but 
What are you going to do? I'll tell you what you are going to do is you're not going to play Stadia anymore. So that officially shut down as of, uh, I believe I'm recording this on Friday. I believe it closed down uh, on Thursday officially. Um, so Stadia was the live streaming gaming service that was hawked by Google uh, to compete with something like Game Pass. Um, and it just never took off. Uh, it sounds like it had a good controller. It sounds like the latency actually was pretty solid for a streaming system. But one of the big issues is that you had to pay a subscription to use the service, and then you had to buy the games on top of that. And for good reason, a lot of people were leery about purchasing games that you can only play on Stadia when Stadia is owned by Google, who is notorious for shutting down stuff, even if stuff is pretty good but especially if it's not performing well. Stadia was not performing well. It was panned by the industry in a lot of ways. And so they shut it down. Now, thankfully, Google is worth like trillions of dollars or whatever, and they refunded every purchase having to do with it ever. And people can keep their equipment. Um, they actually did an update where your controller can be used for just regular Bluetooth. So you can hook up to your phone and play games or your computer, or whatever. Um, so they made good moves and they can afford to do that. Right. Um, yeah, poor Stadia. What, what's really interesting is, is you wonder how that worked with um, Stadia really partnered heavily with Ubisoft. Um, what people may not have known was that Stadia ran off of a Linux, uh, you know, structure and, you know, most consoles and PCs run off of a uh, windows or, you know, different system. And so a lot of the games were not designed to play on Linux. Um, and that includes a bunch of these big AAA games from Ubisoft, which I would assume means there was a whole team at Ubisoft that all they did was made their games work on Linux so that they would work on Stadia. And um, I just wonder, like, did Google pay for that? Did they refund you know, Ubisoft and these other companies that uh, likely spent, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of hours trying to make their games work on Stadia, um, even though it was like suspect from the start. Um, I don't know. Um, but poor Stadia, I I just don't think streaming's the way to go yet. I think it one day it will be, but it's just the latency, man. You can play farming simulator 2 and probably be fine on streaming but you're not going to want to play call of duty multiplayer yeah it just isn't going to be good enough and so um yeah rip stadium um hopefully they did some things to push the industry forward starfield release date rumors so this has been an ongoing thing um especially since they announced this xbox direct thing um they haven't given us much info about Starfield since they delayed it, right? And so, you know, we saw the delay, then we did see a cool trailer, and now it's been not much. And so um, the, the things I'm seeing is there's people who think it's not going to come till 2024. There's people who think it's going to get delayed out of the first half of 2023, which would be breaking a promise that they made last year. Wouldn't be a great look. Uh, and then some people think that it's legit, right? that it's coming out like in the next few months. 
So the last thing we heard is Bethesda did say, hey, we are going to announce the release date very soon. Um, so some speculation I've seen is that that probably doesn't mean like three months from now. It could mean the end of that direct. Maybe they close it with an announcement of the big show just for Stadia or <laughs> just for Starfield, not Stadia. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I I still think that Starfield's probably coming like in like March or April. I've seen people be like, it's going to release at the end of June. So they weren't liars or they're going to delay it till the end of the year or next year. I think this game was probably basically done last year. Um, but had some major issues that they decided to in in not in not typical bethesda fashion just throw it out there and let mods fix it or fix it later themselves um that you know they took it back and they, they've worked on it for a few more months right so we'll have to wait and see um what comes of that i'm still pretty confident it's coming out in the first half of 2023 and i think it's gonna be super duper good and i think people are sitting on it i think people are distracted by spider-man 2 i think people are distracted by the new zelda game i think people are distracted by stuff and they're just forgetting that bethesda basically never misses fallout 76 was a unique situation with a co-developer and honestly that game isn't that bad at this point Moving on, um, Ubisoft Paris strike and Eves apologizes. So um, last week, Eves Guillermo, the, um, the 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 CEO, the owner of Ubisoft, basically put out a statement telling all of the employees, "Hey, y'all are gonna have to make good games to save us because it's not on me; it's on you." Um, the gaming uh, union in in France along with a bunch of these Ubisoft employees decided to call for a strike uh, this coming Monday. Um, and then Eves apologized. The problem is he kind of gave us like a half apology. Um, I still think they're going to strike um, and they should. Uh, what he said was bullshit. And um, I, I really hope that it makes some kind of difference. I would love to see it spread to the other studios. Um, Ubisoft Paris is like one of their premier studios. So having them get upset is a big deal. You also have to know that right now do, um, there are protests happening in France uh, because of a retirement age change. So the, uh, the, 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 the French resistance is kind of in the air. And so you may be seeing that impacting some of these game devs as well. And good on them. They, they should fight for their rights. They should fight for their money and fight for their safety and fight for their happiness. So, so good for them. Ubisoft is in a weird spot, man. Uh, Tom Henderson put out a list this week, uh, today, on his Inside Gaming or whatever little leak website. You know, like listing off eleven games that are probably coming this year. Um, you know, the Avatar game, um, the Heartland, the Division Heartland, which I'm glad to know it's at least still in development. I can't go into details, but I should know a lot about that game and not be able to talk about it. I know nothing. I literally, I couldn't break an NDA right now if I tried because I don't know anything. There's nothing to know. They've been radio silent. So hopefully that means that their heads have been down on the grindstone. We'll see. I'm curious to see how that game works out. Um, and so you have this weird situation for Ubisoft where like, and we found out due to reports from last week and the week before that they have like, actively tried to sell themselves and everyone puts their hands up and they're like y'all have like 60,000 employees 
you have like 40 studios all over the world ain't nobody wanting that and it's true like no one wants to take on the behemoth that is ubisoft because it's it's the worst thing a game developer or um, publisher can be it, it is huge and expensive and all over the world and they aren't putting out good games it's like the worst possible combo if they're putting out decent games and they were huge it'd be okay if they were putting out amazing games and they were tiny that'd be amazing if they were medium-sized and doing okay games that'd be fine but instead they are gigantic like gargantuan big and they're not really putting out anything interesting and they haven't in a really long time i would argue not since the division two some people feel like valhalla i think odyssey um, would would count I would I wouldn't personally but that's just a personal preference so yeah old Eve's Guillemot he is setting himself up for a lot of pain um, and we'll see if that if that um, if that Paris um, walkout or strike happens this coming week I'll be very interested uh, a couple of Mass Effect topics these come from um, a couple of videos I did this week I'll talk about that in a moment but you can catch my videos on YouTube at Bond Diesel um, so I did a video talking about Andromeda features I want to see in the next game. Um, I pan Andromeda a lot with Mass Effect, and um, and I think it deserves it, right? I think it's a fairly mediocre game, but it does have a lot of cool stuff in it, and I and I went into some pretty good detail with that. But stuff like um, like the way the Nexus is presented, um, it's a, maybe a little too spread out. There's way too many fetch quests, like just on the Nexus especially. Um, but just, I, I would just kill if the next game gives us one multiple hubs, cause we barely got any in mass effect two and we got almost none in three. I want to see big hub worlds and I want to see the Citadel represented like the Nexus. I want to see full size. I want to see everything. I, I almost, it would be really cool if even just a part of the next game if we have this big citadel that we can run all over it would be really cool if they recreated one-to-one -one the mass effect one area obviously like revamp it and make it look nicer but if we could start that game up and run around the citadel and be like oh wait this is the same spot that we did in, in one that'd be really cool so we'll have to wait and see and there's a bunch of other stuff if you check out my youtube um there should be a link down in the description or uh, you can just check out bond diesel on youtube and uh, I, I had a video talking about all of the things i want to see um, as well as a few things i don't the other video i did this week was also about mass effect and it was talking a lot about how or whether or not bioware should try to cater to the fans and kind of the point of the discussion was to point out that you, you don't have the number of fans that are especially right now active in the mass effect community is pretty tiny right it's not very big um especially compared to you know how how many like say the next game comes out and sells five million copies um you know that you know having fifty thousand people on you know twitter and youtube and twitch and stuff talking about uh, demanding that they bring back Shepard or demanding that it's Andromeda 2 they bring back Ryder in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter 
you know, and especially because from the legendary edition launch and stuff like that, and the original trilogy and Andromeda, they have data, they have metrics, they, they have group testing, like, like they're doing stuff to figure out how to handle this next game and where it should take place and who will be in it and what's going to happen. Um, my big thing is that I really hope they lean on that and they lean on what they want to do that they're passionate about and don't worry as much about the vocal minorities of people, especially on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, who like if you were on the subreddit, there'd be times where you would think that like Andromeda was the best game ever made. It's it's just objectively not. It's not a bad game and people who like it are obviously you know, allowed to like it. Not that it's my position to give them permission, but you know what I mean. But like, it's objectively a rough game. And, and, but what you can see on the subreddit are people, and, and they tend to run in groups, people who will like brigade the whole comment section of a Mass Effect post, basically like gaslighting everyone into being like, oh, Andromeda was fine. It had some bad animations. They fixed them. Now it's the best Mass Effect. And it's just, it's hard to argue that objectively. So we'll see. Um, but I enjoyed making both of those videos. Go over to YouTube uh, at Von Diesel and check them out. The Last of Us show um, has been received very well. I believe it has a very high Rotten Tomatoes score. A few reviews I saw on it this week were glowing. Um, that the first episode was very, very good. Um, has done a really good job of taking the, the gamification um, because The Last of Us 1 and 2 are very much movies that you play. Um, and, and they did a good job of taking that, it seems, I haven't seen it yet, and making that uh, work. And so, um, while I'm not a big Last of Us fan, um, this is really exciting for me because I want to see them, you know, continue to, um, you know, make these kinds of crossover media things. And I would love to see a division show or movie come out one day. I would love to see a mass effect show or movie come out one day. And it's good to have examples like the last of us in cyberpunk and, um, arcane because, uh, or, or even the Sonic movies in this Mario movie, looks like it's going to be really good because that makes studios and money that wouldn't typically be available to video game properties start to be like, okay, well maybe these video game movies are worth it because Sonic did well. Mario does well. Um, you know, the last of a show on HBO does great. And so we start seeing more of it and it kind of builds on itself. And it comes at a time where video games are kicking, you know, classic media's butt in a lot of ways, movies and music and stuff. And so you may see those industries start to realize like, hey, you know, a part of our relevance could be um, trying to get into this new type of media new that's kicking our butt. And so The Last of Us, uh, super exciting. And um, I'm glad to see that uh, the show's doing well, even though it's not really my jam. Uh, Phil Spencer received an award and talked about uh, how hard it is to make games in a in a time of cancellation. Um, I've seen a, a four or five different shows cover this story, and it's just interesting seeing how badly it seems like everyone wants to give Phil the benefit of the doubt and like not assume he's playing like a culture war statement because Phil's been very very progressive, very very liberal, 
And I don't, I don't think he was saying what he's being portrayed by some people as saying. Um, I don't think he was trying to do a, you know, like a culture war thing. I think he was just literally saying that, you know, in, in a time where it's tough to make mass media, a bunch of these companies are doing a good job and these devs under him. Now, it doesn't come at a great time when they're doing a bunch of layoffs and uh, they haven't put out a, you know, AAA game since Halo. It's a weird time for him to get an award. But if you also pay attention to the stuff he pres he provides to the industry, it makes sense why he won an award. So um, this was the sensational story of the week. It really drove me nuts. And uh, I had to give it at least a couple minutes. The final announcement here, maybe Ubisoft's biggest announcement of the year, is that Anno 1800 is going to be on consoles. Um, this announcement made me start playing this game again. Anno 1800 is such a good game. It's so just, it just, if you're the right kind of person, it just, it just itches that scratch, that, that scratchy. Uh, there's that need to have something just to grind on, uh, like a real time strategy, city builder. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Um, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I'm really curious to how this translates to, to consoles because this game is very hard to control, like very detailed. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in this. Same as when they've been doing this, uh, they want to do it with like Age of Empires and stuff. Um, they did Halo Wars, which was a really good real-time strategy that was on a console, but it was also designed specifically to work well with a console. So we'll have to wait and see what they do. I am definitely very curious about anno 1800 on consoles okay let's jump into some listener questions if you have your own listener questions you can leave them in the youtube comments you can post them to my twitter or reply on my twitter post you can go to the discord and ask there where i heavily suggest people do um so get your questions in this week we have two questions one from pizza morgue who says is the forespoken red flag party on your agenda so i think uh Pizza Morgue wanted to know if I was going to talk about the fact that um, the Sony exclusive Forspoken game is not being given uh, like review codes uh, to like pretty big outlets. Um, and it's making a lot of people worry this game might be kind of a crap show, which is funny because the narrative of Forspoken was initially, wow, this looks like a really generic action game. And then they put out a bunch of cringy trailers that were just bad and, and really hurt that game but then they put out a demo and i'm going to be honest i haven't heard anyone who played the demo speak a bad word about it it still sounds like it's kind of annoying that the story is going to be kind of generic and predictable but that the combat is like really really fun and so now this move for them not to give out review copies to like pretty predominant people is interesting maybe it's a stand by them to say hey we're going to push back on this culture of every reviewer trying to be the first reviewer and, and maybe, you know, there being some suspect about how much of the game they really played because they had to hit a deadline. They had to get a video out when that uh, when that time comes. So I'm definitely curious to how that's going to work out. I think Forspoken has looked bad from the start, and I don't think it's going to be very good, but it'd be really cool for uh, PlayStation fans to be surprised by this. That's uh, that's the diplomatic thing I'll say. Uh, Master Prime then asked, uh, would you like the next Battlefield game to keep 128 players in multiplayer? I don't think so. I, I don't. 
I feel like it should max out at like a hundred or something. Um, the, the 128, it's just, it's so crowded and chaotic, but that's kind of what Battlefield's supposed to be. So like, you're kind of cool with it. I, I don't know. It, it is, it, it's especially noticeable in choke point areas. If you have, um, a capture point that both sides are like heavily fortified on and it just turns into a crap show. It just doesn't, doesn't work very well. Um, I, I think that they can make their lives easier by having a lower player population um, and they can make like smaller maps and they can make more detailed things because they don't have to render, you know, 128 player characters who are constantly changing direction and interacting with the game. I don't know, but um, yeah, I would like to see them lower it, but that's just me. So I think both of you for your questions. Uh, again, if you have your own, uh, I talked about all the places you can ask. So do that. Um, as for content updates, um, I'm pretty shamed right now. I haven't streamed in a while um, where 2023 was going to be my streaming year. Um, I've been tired. I've been busy and we're dealing with a family situation that's kind of weird right now. So um, I've just not been very into it. Uh, to be fair, too, there's no games I really want to stream. I know I can stream Mass Effect. I know some people will show up and we can talk that and I will do that soon. I promise. But I really am excited for like Dead Space to come out and for some new games to start coming. I can play those on stream and we can all kind of experience it together. Um, you know, I can play Mass Effect. I can play some Division 2 when they actually have new content. Um, yeah, so um, I'm sorry for not streaming. Um, and I think, you know, things should calm down quite a bit here in the next month or two. Um, but for now, it just is what it is. So I'll keep doing the podcast. I'll keep making videos on my YouTube. I actually want to start doing more topical shorts um, or even full videos. So like when the layoffs happened, when, you know, Starfield gets announced, um, I, I, I want to do some videos on that stuff um, instead of just, you know, I'm enjoying the Mass Effect videos. I have a list of like 10 videos I want to make, um, but I should probably sprinkle in some more topical stuff because I think that will pull more people in, um, to, to subscribe and to watch the videos that will make everything more popular. And so when I do my Mass Effect videos, they'll hit a bigger audience. So that's the plan for now. Okay, well, it's kind of a shorter episode, but that's why I have this week. Um, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, if you can, you know, do all the things, share in all the places, like the tweets, you know, like the YouTube videos and posts and all that, I would really appreciate it. Um, please subscribe to your show on your favorite podcast provider. Um, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, please leave a review. It really, 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 really helps. Um, if you are on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel like right now. Um, like this video right now and leave a comment down below. Just say, Hey Bon, that's fine. Or comment on the show. I'm curious about what you think. It's a solo show. The only way we interact is with feedback. So give it to me. You can find me all over the internet as Bon Diesel, including on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and over on Twitch where I will stream eventually. If you're interested in supporting the show and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash Bon Diesel. Um, there's one, five and $10 tiers and you get, you know, ad free episodes and a bunch of other perks. You can go check those out at the link in the description. That is all I have. So until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.